Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guys, Mike Guillory, Robbie Falke. Talk some kicks. What's good, fellas? You know, it's all good, man. A little, uh, little flood water, you know, a little brain eating water uh, in our faucets ain't, ain't stopping me yet. So I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm actually doing kind of awful now because Nick brought up 50 Cent before we started recording. And now I have many men stuck in my head. It's, <laughs> it's not what I was looking for. Put it that way. I mean, yeah, I apologize. There's no excuse for that. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> man. I mean, yeah, Mike, I'm with you, man. Like, we're, we're, uh, I mean, my, my family is, is uh, dealing with fire again um, over in the Santa Rosa area. And it's just, this year is just nonstop, man. It's like one thing after another crazy stuff happening. So I'm retiring from 2020. I'll see you 2021. (laughs) I know. Seriously. I, 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 yeah, I keep thinking about this. I I saw a meme a couple of weeks back that said something along the lines. Do you think your mom is serious about that? I'll kick your ass into next year's thing. She said, (laughs) this would be the perfect time to test it. Yeah, (laughs) Let's try this out. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Where's, where's, you know, (laughs) but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely crazy times, but, I, you know, I, I was talking to uh, talking to a friend about the podcast and I I continue to, you know, have challenges for myself to be not motivated to, to do the podcast because I enjoy talking to you guys. But on some level, I just feel like it's not important. And oh, yeah. and, you know, there's much bigger things that people should be paying attention to. But he kind of put it back on me and said, look you might be the escape for those people, you know, like when you go watch whatever you watch or listen to whatever you listen to, to not think about the doom and gloom that you see, that's what the podcast is for a lot for, you know, thousands of people that listen to it. So, you know, like you gotta, you gotta continue on for those people. And, and it kind of made me realize, like, I'm just so appreciative that people do care about what we're talking about. And, you know, this, this last weekend, um, we finally, got back to pre COVID as far as the number of people that are listening and, and like the growth that we were kind of, that I was projecting for the, for the number of people listening. So it took us six months after like lockdown hit, you know, we dropped off like crazy because nobody was working, nobody was having a lot of free time. And, 
and the free time was focused on obviously other more important things. And, and obviously I respect that. It's the same for me, but it's really exciting to kind of feel at least in this, in this, you know, specific instance that being back on the trajectory of what we were at, you know, I feel really excited about the future of the podcast and, you know, what we're going to be able to do with it. And I'm just really thankful that you guys spend the time every week to talk with me and that everybody tunes in and listens because it really does mean a lot to me. So shout out to all of you. Yeah, man. I got, I got to echo that for you. Cause uh, I think even though we may have like a lot of stuff going on, I, I love that we get to still sit and talk because although we're like putting in work for it. I still, this is a escape from just kind of the day to day hustle and bustle and nonsense we see on the news and hear the news all day. So even as you know, a person on the, we're on the other side doing the talking, this is definitely escape for me as well. So I hope that people find a little, little solace, a little relaxation whenever they get to turn us on. I can't stand a lot of other content out there in the world. So might as well make it ourselves, right? fellas? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't argue with that. Hey, I'm not mad at him for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie speaks truth. Yeah, I don't no. mean to be negative, Nancy, but we try to be something different and fun. And sometimes we're that, sometimes we're not. But we try really hard to be different, fun, and informative, and this all that good stuff. So what I'm getting to is thank you. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, let's get it started. What are you guys rocking? What are you guys copping this week? Yo, so I am rocking a couple different things. I mean, it was a couple things that got delivered to the house from the nice people at Reebok, which were the uh, the Gruz Lab questions. Uh, they also sent me over the um, the JJ Watt fours and that question the red toe colorway, which are have never owned a pair. So the first one I ever tried on and ever kind of put on, surprisingly super comfortable. Um, you know, when I can actually get back into a gym, I think those are definitely going to be on all the time when I'm working out. But just nice to just walk around. It has that float ride cushioning in it. I've never used it before, but it's super comfortable. And um, also been rocking the COJP uh, neutral gray ones that the homies at Lee Baron were help, able to help me get. So been rocking those, copping um honestly i feel like there's nothing like immediately that i want i'm really eyeing the midnight navy pair to go with these japan jordan ones and then um i don't know not not, not too much else right now what about you robbie man look at mike with the flex 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 <laughs> hey y'all flexing me all the time i was like look you know what i gotta get one every so often coming from different angles no it's <laughs> catch you from all sides that's an awesome thing um, I kind of went through a panic and I thought, what did I wear? Um, I've been wearing the Converse Chuck seventies. Um, I think, yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been wearing. I'm just kidding. It's what I've been wearing. And then, um, things on my radar, I'm just going to keep saying the alternate pack Reebok questions that Quinn Cook wore oh until God. I had them. But I'm not going to lie to you. In our Discord, we had somebody in there who is my size say that they're going to return their Bel Air 5s, their alternate Bel Air 5s. And that for retail, I'm thinking about pulling that trigger. So who knows? But a little bit of questions, a little bit of 
Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Bel Air, Bel Air, <laughs> Bel Air. Um, <laughs> What's the name of the show again? <laughs> in West Western Kentucky, born and raised. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, it's one of those two. How about you, Nick? Uh, Rock and I, uh, I wore the what did I wear today? The New Balance five seventy sevens. Just like a, a gray pair, flying your flying your flag again. Kind of kind of forgot that I had them, and once I saw them, I was like, oh, I should be wearing these more frequently. Um, it's one of those shoes that I just that I probably shouldn't have bought, but came across it for cheap on eBay, and it's been sitting in a shipping box for the past like probably a couple years. Um, and then what am I looking at? I mean, honestly, like it's hard to say without like continuing to repeat myself about the air raid stuff, because all that live together, play together, you know, like all of that stuff from Nike back in the day was stuff that I was like absolutely dying to have never had most of it, never got any of the, you know, the air raids with, with the graphics on it. So there's an air max one that's definitely on the list. The air raid itself is on the list. There's an air force one. I'm not, gonna buy because i'm not ever gonna wear an air force one but um i do think it's cool and then the psg jordan 4 is like just that colorway is super super dope um i, I doubt that i'd pull the trigger on them but i think i think they look dope so i'm just glad that, that we can make it through you know talking about all of mike's new kicks without him telling us to go to crossfit because i feel like that's the next step in the evolution of jj watt and reebok so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a crossfit guy i'm a traditional lift weights uh don't blow on my shoulder kind of guy so i'm going to go ahead and wear those in a normal fashion um uh, and when i take those off I'm, I'm going straight to questions i'm trying to i'm trying to compete with nick's question collection and whenever that quinn cook uh or not, well not the alternate pack of the uh, yellow toad question comes out and just to take all my dollars. I've been waiting for that one for a long time. Yeah, that that shoe is so fire, so fire. I can I, I, I can go down a long rant about that, but the yellow, <laughs> yellow toe yellow toe Reebok yellow toe Reebok question has always been like out of reach for me for some reason. I know there's various versions of it. I've never been able to get a pair. I have damn near every other Reebok question up until maybe a year or two ago when I stopped buying all of them. But uh, yeah, those ones are are must haves for me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll trade I'll trade like you know I don't have a kid otherwise I'd say firstborn. But <laughs> I'll get, I can trade a couple of, a couple of nice pairs of shoes for one of those. So. Hey AI, look, I'll trade you my kid for this. You want you want another kid? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Freaking Nick. All right, so uh, moving on. Let's uh, let's get into this review. We're we're still we're still like holding on to all these. We got a backlog of reviews because of the Eminem conversation. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we should uh, put it out there and just see what candies we should talk about on the next episode, so people can leave us more reviews because. Apparently, candy's more more uh, more exciting than sneakers, which I totally agree. But so um, this to that point, really quick, no one's hit me up giving me their real name and address. So I don't even think people really are in it for the bag of M and M's. 
But if you were or are, please still hit me up. I'll send you something. I'm just not a mind reader. So I can't <laughs> magically do it. I need your. <laughs> so, if you bought these already, Robbie, just you got my address. I love Eminem. So just. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to offer and I was shallow a shallow um I guess offering of M and M's, but just no one sent me back up. So our listenership's backing up. I know you hear me. Come claim your M and M's. Come on. You get them. But yes, yeah, I, I mean We'll have to get into sour candies on on a on a future episode because I could I could debate that pretty hard for okay. for a while. But um, for now, we'll just we'll just read out. Carolina Jace left us a five star review. Said peanut butter M Ms are the goat. Amazing pod with the most in depth sneaker content. Easy five stars. Peanut butter. <laughs> and at, at Carolina Jace, so there's somebody that left at least their name. So <laughs> He's like, you can know where to find me, but. Yeah. Jeez, Peanut butter yeah. M&M's were like the Miami heat of this basketball season with that conversation. No one thought they were going to be like the, the hot topic. Everyone's going with peanut butter M&M's right now. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter <laughs> jelly. Peanut butter jelly with the baseball bat. Oh, I think yeah. People, people are going to be heated because that's stuck in their head now. <laughs> stuck in mine now. Two conflicting bad songs. oh man all right so uh this episode we're probably just gonna gonna uh i don't know what the best way to say this is but we're probably gonna hurt some feelings and we're probably gonna offend some people but it's all good we're just we just have opinions you guys have opinions i have opinions uh so let's talk about these I don't want to call them fakes right off the bat, but these Warren Lotus uh, replicas, replica dunk inspired staple pigeon dunk Air hockey pigeon. mask. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, I know we're going to get deeper into it. I just kind of give my overall thought on is like me. I'm never going to buy these expensive behind dunks because I, I'm not paying X amount of dollars for, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a Honda Civic amount of money on a pair of dunks that's, you know, 20 years old. It's just not something I'm going to do. But I can, I'm, I'm kind of confused more or less because of just this Jeff Staple co sign on it. So I don't know what's going on there. But I don't, I don't know if I was going to buy a replica of something that was that, um, I guess, prestigious. I don't know if that's the right word, maybe. There's a lot of good replicas slash fakes coming from overseas now. I really go in and try to get something as close to the original as possible, but I guess I can see at the same time people want to don't want to get flamed for having a fake dunk, so it's easier to say, "Oh no, I have a custom one," as opposed to the fake. So I guess there's a lot of directions you can go with it. I'm just, for, it's not for me. I don't. I'm not mad at it. I'm more mad at people spending so much time on it. I'm not nearly as mad at it either. Um, even just reading through the comments and talking to some people about their feelings on it, it's a very um, it's a very anger-inducing shoe to a lot of people. And I think it all comes back to the one J. Cole that said, "Would you eat? Don't make me shit." <laughs> and I think that's a very important lesson in life, because what somebody else does. 
in their life, if it doesn't have anything to do with you, it does not affect you. So why are you letting that bother you? I'm never going to go buy this shoe either. I'm never going to have $20,000 to go buy a real Freddy Cougar dunk. But I know there's people who love things so much that they get auxiliary items to it. I was just looking at LeBron James posters. And you can find a million different Etsy versions of LeBron James iconic dunks. One of them, including the dunk man or the swing man, not swing man, but you know, like that kind of logoized. The yeah, dunk. Man. yeah. And there's tons of Etsy stuff out there on it. A lot of people can't afford a signed LeBron James dunk man poster for $5,000. So if somebody on Etsy wants to sell a $50 poster or whatnot, or if somebody on eBay wants to sell a $15 laminate version of it, do you have to buy the $15 laminate version? Do you have to buy the $50 Etsy version? No and no. So if you're not willing to fork over the money for the real authentic unobtainable to a lot of people products and you have a means of getting it in a different way. I don't see a problem with that. It's annoying. And we'll, we'll let Nick talk and then we'll come kind of back around to this point. This happens to a ton of different shoes throughout the years. This happens across brands. This happens across independent designers. So why is the little Jason mask and a pigeon like, just the most like angry thing I've seen in sneakers today this week. So Nick, how do you feel? I'm not that mad about it. This, it doesn't, I'm not going to buy it. It does not make me poop. I'm not eating it. <laughs> does that make me poop? I'm leaving it alone. <laughs> um, so I think that it's really interesting in, in a, in a handful of different ways. One, I think that it's really weird that this hasn't been shut down by Nike well before we got to this point. Two, I think it's really weird that the Jeff Staple is like co-signing this and, and promoting it considering the shoes aren't made yet. And the photo is actually a Photoshop of a dunk with the hockey mask swoosh looking thing. That to me is really, really weird. And, and I don't know what Jeff's relationship with Nike is now, but as someone who has worked with Nike in different periods of my career and a lot of other brands, I would never co-sign something like this without running it by probably the highest up people I know at those brands, because you potentially are stepping on a lot of toes by especially if you're making money off of it, which clearly, you know, the guy that's making these is going to make money off of it at 400 a piece, not saying anything about the quality of them or, you know, whatever he's making a shoe that essentially all the research and development was done by Nike. They probably own some form of trademark patent, whatever on the dunk. But if he's not calling it a dunk, he can get around it a little bit. But the fact that Jeff Staples co-signing it, is the weirdest part of the whole thing. I never would have expected that. Um, and that kind of threw me for a loop in the whole, you know, big picture. Now, whether or not, you know, my, me personally, like, I don't care one way or the other what people do. If that's what you want to do, more power to you. If I was friends with this guy, 
I would just challenge him to to make something that's not a not a knockoff. There's there's a lot of people doing this. There's a lot of customizers that are remaking their their shoe, remaking Nike shoes or brand shoes in their own way, putting their own little spin on it. I saw the I've seen like the the you know gun thing. I've seen a bunch of different styles of swooshes that people are using. I get that like you want the colorways. Um, and I honestly think that there's a, a bigger conversation about that, uh, that, you know, if, if the shoes that we all want so badly were more accessible, would this even be a thing, right? Like we haven't seen sneakers re-release on like a, on a major scale for the very limited stuff, right? The very limited stuff is always left, you know, left in the, in the vault, so to speak. And brands don't necessarily revisit things that are very specific like that, right? You wouldn't expect them to, but back in the eighties, you also wouldn't expect any of those shoes to sell out back then the way they do now. You didn't have the ability to sell directly to the consumer. You didn't have the the ability to spread digitally across millions of people. You literally had to have people go in a store to buy a pair of Air Jordans back in the 80s. And even those shoes didn't sell out. They went on heavy discounts, you know. So we're at a point now where the brands already know the formula is to reproduce the old shoes and resell them. Not resell them, but reproduce the old shoes and sell them again. We've seen that with, you know, pigeons. We've seen that with, you know, a bunch of SBs. We've seen that with everything, right? A retro, any retro shoe is exactly that. Now, specific colorways can get a little bit tricky because then you might, may or may not have to bring in that partner to re-release that. If I'm Jeff Staple, I honestly wouldn't want to see the shoe re-released because that was a moment in time that was captured on the front page of the, the USA Today it created hysteria. The shoes are still worth crazy amounts of money if you have, you know, if you have a pair. And I think that's something that should just stay, you know, as a historical marker, right? Like I like that they've brought back a lot of these shoes with a little bit of a variation that says, hey, here's a new way to look at it. Just remember that this happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, whatever the storyline is. And now you can kind of relive that moment through this pair. And to me, that's a that's a significant or a a very efficient way to give a nod to the past, but also bring new people into the conversation around the hype releases and the energy that these kind of collabs and rare stuff can bring. But I could never see myself paying for something like this only because if I'm going to spend $400, I'd rather go to a customizer and say, Hey, I've got this pair of whatever. And could you make them, you know, this for me? Now, $400, you know, depending on who you go to, might not get you everything that you want. You're not going to get a fully reconstructed shoe. You're not going to get Italian, you know, fine leather materials, all this stuff that may be claimed on a lot of the shoes that are one-offs or very low number handmade shoes right now. But at the end of the day, like you guys said, you're not going to spend $10,000, $20,000 on a pair of sneakers. You could maybe spend... A thousand, or even let's say fifteen hundred, and get something really, really nice, one of a kind, completely, and add details to it that are only you, and stand out. I don't understand buying a shoe that basically looks counterfeit, looks like the knockoffs that were made back in the eighties for Jordan ones, 
looks like, you know, the stuff that that kind of boomed in the mid 2000s when all of these like when all the fake start, started really bubbling up to become publicly available. It doesn't make sense to me. So more power to him for doing it. I don't understand Jeff Staple co-signing it. I don't understand what that's about because it seems like he would be more careful with his partnerships, co-signed voice. He has a big influence, at least, you know, I, I think he still does. Um, but it's really interesting to see this kind of still going and rising up because like Robbie said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of this that's gone, gone around both in individual creators on the brand level. And I think we can get into a lot of examples of that and kind of debate. But one thing that makes me really wonder is, does anybody, is anybody thinking, let's say as the brands, is anybody thinking about how they've pushed it to this point, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that we, as a, as a culture, as a community, as, as a collective of the sneaker industry and the business, we push the narrative of this is desirable. And if we say that since 2006 or whatever it was when the pigeons came out, and now in, you know, 14 years later, somebody goes and says, well, I can make those. It's kind of like, well, yeah, we, we did this. Like we collectively as consumers and sneakerheads, as brands, like limiting the products and driving up the hype. Why, why would we be surprised that somebody says, oh, I'll remake those with, with my twist and sell them because that's kind of the world we're in now. Right. But I don't know. It's just an interesting, it's interesting to, to see and, and to see the polarization behind the release and, and that's the one thing that I think I like about it the most is that everybody's talking about it. And that's a, that's a great thing for, for, you know, this Warren guy that's making them. It's good for Jeff. It's probably good for Nike SB in the long run. You know, who knows? Yeah. And while I was, while you were talking, Nick, I was going through just trying to figure out who this guy is. Cause I really don't, I hadn't heard of him before, but apparently this guy has done a lot of different, uh, yeah, I guess it's a clothing line where he actually did the weekends, I guess, merch or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's done a bunch of NBA style shirts. And funny enough, I it looks like that at least Goat and StockX do not resell his sneakers. It looks like I can only find them on Grailed or like Poshmark. And dude, it's crazy because the last one that rep- uh, was a replica of Stussy Dunk is selling for a minimum of like a grand right now. It's, it's insane. Like, I don't, again, I don't quite understand it. I mean, I guess it is just one of those, it's, it's more of a conversation piece. It's like, that's why you buy certain things to go in your house because you want people to talk about it. So I, that's the only thing I can see of why people want to buy it because you can't buy it on these other sites. You have to go digging for it. It's exclusive to pre-orders because the way it works, if you, if you read the post is whenever he releases it, 15 minutes, he leaves it up. He does however many orders he gets in 15 minutes. Um, so three to four month lead time, which is insane. I mean, only way I would do that is if someone like promised me like, hey, you can get any Jordan one you wanted or any Jordan retro you wanted, you could pre-order or you know any Kobe you want to pre-order. That'd be cool, but I, I just can't see me paying four or $500 and waiting four months for a replica. So the interesting thing about that and 
if you haven't bought a pair of, of like more complex custom sneakers, that's, that's kind of standard, right? Like it's going to take a significant amount of time for a lot of these guys or girls to make a pair of shoes, especially if they're doing like a, a you know, a decent number. Oh, custom I'm cool. Like if it's like, Hey, I'm going to get this one of a kind custom, like you were saying, I'm cool with that. But if I'm waiting for, you know, three to four months for something like this, I'm like, I mean, I feel like you just bought the, I don't know what he did, but I feel like he just went to like wish or was it Rockington and bought all the, uh, the blank dunk slates and just start slapping on his, his Jason check. I mean, well, and so from what I've seen, it seems like he's actually reconstructing, you know, like he, he says he's rebuilding the shoe and he, from the pictures that I've seen of the older releases from him, they are significantly different, not, not different, but like they're reconstructed, you know, well-made, not just like painted materials and stuff. And, you know, just from my experience, like when I was at StockX, we, Josh and I did a, uh, like a series of 10 shoes, uh, Air Jordan ones made out of NBA basketballs and Mitchell and Ness Jordan jerseys and JBF customs, Jake Ferrato made them for us. And, you know, it, it took, it took a solid, like probably six months to, to do all those because mm-hmm. we had like, I literally had to go order all these, you know, jerseys, make sure that we could get enough Jersey material, make sure that we could get the basketballs and the process just to make 10, I think maybe we did 12 in total. Um, it took a long time for that to come, come about to get everything shipped and make sure that like he could, he could make them all. And so the, the delay in that is reasonable if he's actually making them handmade. I don't know if it's handmade or not, but like, I assume most of it is handmade because why mm-hmm. else would you pay $400 for that shoe? Um, when you could literally just have somebody, you know, paint a pair or dye a pair of dunks to look exactly the same for probably a hundred, 200, $300, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it is really interesting. And I, I think, you know, there is some level of, work that's going into it that I don't want to discredit because he's definitely from the pictures I've seen, you know, of people wearing his other releases. It's, I don't know who the other guy is, but there's another guy that like kind of does this like upside down gun for the swoosh. Same kind of thing, right? Like it's, it's not like he's buying a knockoff. It's not like he's buying a knockoff shoe and just painting it and throwing his swoosh on there. It seems that it's actually like an, uh, you know, a fully made shoe from however he sources his stuff who knows that's up in the air i guess so i'm not sure how long he's been doing it but i know you guys i think it was last year you guys remember when nike actually had to dunk high with the shark as the swoosh i just want to know was he doing it before that did nike see that and want to cash in on that thought process i just want to see your guys' opinion on that i don't know what you're talking about Really? You don't ever seen him? I'll send him. I'll send a picture over to you guys. But it was a dunk high that used a uh, a shark as the swoosh, and it was a Nike SB. Yeah, I it mean, was a it was a collab. There's, I mean, normally they don't mess with the swoosh that much, but I mean, yeah, I, I just I mean, listening to you two go back and forth on it. I mean, I think it's a contradiction that a lot of people can fall into because Mike said that you don't want to wait for like a four. Like, that long for a fake shoe but if somebody's hand making it and it's never telling you that it is that shoe like i'll just play devil's advocate then i'm not buying a fake product i'm buying something 
that's like, I mean, JBF Customs, I'm, I believe he always used, if not 90%. I mean, I'm going to say always uses because I don't know any other th- details leaning me differently. But he always uses the actual Air Force One or the Air Jordan One, like, outsole. Or, like, he, he bases it completely off of, like, that shoe. But he'll go and completely build a brand new wing, a brand new check, a brand new side panel, brand new quarter, a completely brand new shoe. And it'll have like a very similar, like an embossed logo. That's like his, I think it's a double X, not double X. It's a double T for like incomparable or the stack T's. Um, he'll do his own thing. And it's never saying that it's like Nike, but there's still like a swoosh on it, but it's like a handmade original thing. Is that a fake or is that just an artistic rendition of the shoe. Well, and I think that's the important, you know, distinguishing thing, right? Like I didn't say that, but like when we worked with, with Jake to do those Jordans, like I bought the Jordans like from Foot Locker or from Finish Line and supplied him the shoes to then go and, and customize with all of that other material off of those, you know, like authentic pairs that we, that, that I bought. Yeah. So for, for this guy, like not if, you know, that's, that's a questionable thing, right? Like, because I'm in the same boat, if you're buying, you know, who knows where people source this stuff, but you know, part of this is also these guys building their own reputation and the trust with their, their customers, because, you know, this is not really any different than, like you said, they don't touch the swoosh normally, but like, you know, John Geiger did multiple checks, you know, misplaced checks years ago. And, you know, presented that as an idea to Nike, you know, in, in passing years ago when he was working with Nike on shoes that he worked on directly with them. So that's kind of one of those things where like, we've seen Nike come out and basically do that multiple times. Now we've seen other people do that with the swoosh and and add multiple swooshes. It's kind of just a trend now. And I think that, you know, doing that as a partnership with Nike is one thing doing that as a customizer who is basically taking it and turning it into your own art is one thing. But if you're recreating a shoe with just your swoosh different and, you know, using different materials, yeah, where are you sourcing those shoes? Like if you're buying them from a legit, you know, source, then I guess it's no different because you're just a customizer. But like, then it seems even weirder to think of all the people throughout the years that have done this type of stuff and Nike's gone after them and tried to shut them down. How do how do they explain that? You know, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think it, the proof is in the pudding the same way. Like the fact that he tabs up for 15 minutes, he's trying to dodge that cease and assist kind of the same way. Other people we know will put merch up that uses logo. And not, I'm not throwing shade, it looks super sick. Like, but like many companies, like they'll use the logo of Apple and then just put their own shit behind it and sell it and they'll take it off right away. So Apple can't come after them. I have a friend that wears this really dope Pulp Fiction shirt that says Dior in like the Dior font, like Dior fashion over it. It's obviously fake, but the dude sells it for like $70 a t shirt because they're super well made. And he has a good machine and it looks fucking sick. Like it looks really cool. So like people buy it, but like, obviously that doesn't have Quentin Tarantino's cosign or Dior's, but, and he's charging a premium for it. 
and it's only available for a short amount of time, he's trying not to have those parties that would be interested in seeing a profit from that product be aware of it. So, I mean, you're obviously trying to hide something if you do it for 15 minutes or half an hour or whatnot. But at the same time, it's the same reason why people can rip off patents. Reason why patents don't exist for forever. What's like 20 years on a patent? That's how Bapesta got away with um, using the Air Force One. The Air Force One fucking timed out and they changed it just enough. So it's not the Air Force One, it's the Bapesta. So, like, <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's the case with this too, right? Because, like, yeah. Last time I said, Currency and Pharrell has, have had Bapes. Like, mm-hmm. Kanye had a Bape. So, what's wrong with Jeff Staple putting his little pigeon? That pigeon makes him money every time he puts it on something. You know that? So, like, if I could write, if I could write RF on something and you paid me every time, RF would be on bathroom stalls. RF would be on condoms. RF would be on moths. Like it would be on everything. Like I'd put my logo on everything if you're going to pay me for it. <laughs> like I'm not going to hate on him the same way people covet the Bape Kanye shoe with that damn beautiful bear on it painted by a famous artist. They don't call that out as fake. They call that out as a holy grail like they know about shoes. Like, so what are you going to do about it? Like, it drives me nuts. <laughs> well, just to play devil's advocate, so putting the shoes up for like 15 minutes, if you're doing a pre-order, I think, you know, like when we do merch, for instance, it's been it's been a while, but like the last few times we've done merch and and it's like they've sold pretty well most of the sales happen within 15 minutes. So I think on top of, you know, him having a massive following and, you know, having all these famous people that have, you know, bought his stuff or worn his stuff or whatever, you also want to just make sure that you can handle the workload that's going to come from it. Right. Because if he left it up there for 24 hours and that spread, and now, you know, let's say some, I don't know, some outside of sneakers blog talks about it. And now all of a sudden you've got, you know, the crazy frenzy that, staple had back when they released well now you're just one dude trying to make you know five thousand pairs and dunks and you might you probably can't even source all of that right like if you do 15 minutes a half hour an hour whatever you can probably limit that you know you might get a few hundred whatever I, I don't know it's really interesting but i also agree with you like if jeff could can get paid off of it it makes sense right like there's nothing that says nike on it but the mm-hmm. staple pigeon if it's trademarked and if it's his thing and he gets paid from it, or even if he just went and worked a deal with this dude to make these shoes, like, I mean, he's probably passed the, the patent on that, right? Like the dunk dunk hasn't been repatented, right? Yeah, I'm so, sure it hasn't. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that looks like the dunk. I mean, this almost like when someone wants to make a basic shoe, it's kind of like they usually will end up using that or like the air force one, like look. So, I'm sure Nike like whatever. Maybe they just don't want to fight the battle. They're doing too many other things. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a delicate dance. And I know one person I spoke to was, and I I like this quote, I don't mean it in a negative way. He was saying that real heads are going to remember what Jeff did now, 20 years from now when the sneaker bubbles popped. 
and they're gonna like look down on it like oh why would you sully the name or whatnot and it's like 20 years i mean that's the same kind of mindset that people that get mad about sneaker news posting incorrect information two years ago say bro let it go they don't care like, like, again, like, wait, I feel attacked. Hold on. <laughs> wait a minute. This is me you're talking about. <laughs> but the day sneaker news becomes the Washington Post, I'm not going to care. Like, they blurt out so much stuff. And it's not just them, it's every sneaker blog. It, it's, just, it, it's a turn and burn system, 24 hour news cycle. So you're going to be wrong sometimes. But, you know, Kobe never sat and dwelled on his misses from years past. So like, why should anybody else? So it's just like, it's mindsets. It's a, it's a reason why everything's so divisive on the internet, why we're divided in real life and why Kanye thinks he needs to bring Puma and, Con- and Adidas back together. So it's just like the weird, the world ass, I mean, the world's a weird ass place. So it's just how you look at it. It's either a really cool concept and you can buy something that is a, part of sneaker pop culture for 400 bucks and it's premium handmade and you feel cool about it or you can keep buying your gr jordans and scoffing at them and saying that's the most dumb thing ever and make a death threat at the guy whatever bs you want to pull on the internet it's 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 how you want to live your life so act accordingly Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is like, you, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but this is not like a new thing. Like customizer has been doing this for a while. You know, some of them have had success in partnering with brands, you know, Dominic, the shoe shirt, the shoe surgeon comes to mind, you know, he's had a lot of success doing shoes specifically for the brands. Some customizers, you know, like, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, sabotage you know, got his own collab out of doing customs back in the day, you know, like there's so many people that, that do this kind of stuff and do incredible work that you can't really be mad at him for doing it. In my opinion, it's just, you know, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But I also think that, you know, there's, there's so much of this like copying and pasting type stuff that's going on, especially right now. Right. Like I personally don't see myself buying, you know, uh, an Air Jordan one knockoff with, you know, somebody else's logo on it. Now, if, you know, Robbie comes out with his own version, of course, I'm going to support like, yo, that's your thing. If you're getting paid off the RF, I'm, I'm by, I'm rocking the RF, you know, like that's how it works. Right. And I, I respect that. I don't have a problem with it, but I do think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas that, that people have that kind of, everyone thinks that they have their own unique ideas. And as someone who's spent, you know, 12 plus years, whatever it is now working in the sneaker business, um, or man, it's more than that. But anyway, like everybody has the same ideas and nobody's ideas are truly unique. I'm not trying to discredit you or, you know, make you feel bad, but it's all about who's actually taking the action and who's doing the things that are out there. Right. Like, Nobody's going to remember somebody, you know, making a a knockoff of a knockoff of a knockoff if they are a fan of the original thing, right? Yeah, you might see a Jordan 1 and like some weird, you know, knockoff brand way back in the day or, you know, LA Gear or Jordash or something like that. But 
in general, all the, everybody's doing all these things and we're going to see this more and more because we're all programmed to see the same shit from the internet and go and take that and create our own. And I say that because you can look at examples, you can look at examples in the, in the customizer world. You know, we were talking about, uh, the SIA, SIA collective mm-hmm. and John Geiger, you know, w- you could even take that a step further and you could look at, you know, like Robbie said, Bape and Nike, you could even look in like, uh, what 94 when the pump fury came out, right. There were all these creatures that were these, all these cartoon characters that were made to represent the different colorways of the pump fury in 94. But what do you remember? You remember Nike doing it with the Presto and their original colorways and the Bumblebee and all that stuff. So everybody's doing the same things, but, you know, everybody's got their own way of getting to the point of creating it, where it makes sense for them to do it and release it. And I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of it is what it is, you know, like no, no harm, no foul. Just keep moving. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do. Rock it, support who you want to support, and keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, when it's all said and done, just do what you want to do. Like, we're just here talking about it. We, I mean, this doesn't mean to sound like callous or mean, but we don't care. Like, we're just like shoes. So if you like it, cool. We're happy for you. Like, we're, we're not going to come out here and bash you. No one's going to come find you in the streets and like, what are you wearing? Why are you wearing, like, whatever. Like, if someone does that to you, let them, you know, they got too much free time. So... I don't know. Just wear what you like. It may not be for everybody, but if it's for you, it's for you. So it is what it is. I mean, I think the other weird thing about all of this stuff right now is that we're in a weird time because a lot of people are new to sneakers and they don't understand what happened before they were into sneakers. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's, you know, like I'm not even the older of the sneakerheads that I know. Right. Like a lot of my friends got, you know, eight to ten years on me. And that's who I learned from. And that's who I, you know, grew up admiring and looking up to and learning from. But there's so many people out there that take advantage of the fact that people don't know what stories were, were put out. Like I saw, I don't remember who did it, but like one of the customizers made, uh, like Ari menthol, uh, you know, which is like basically a knockoff dunk, um, knockoff air force one, I should say. And somebody made like knockoffs of those. Right. And like he Ari's the artist that made that shoe. I don't remember back when, like I have friends that are friends with him. And to me, seeing that is frustrating because if you were there 15 years ago or whatever it was when it happened, then to see that kind of stolen and taken to this on this whole in this whole new direction from somebody who's got a different audience and they're presenting that as their own idea, but not telling the backstory of how they got to it. That's kind of disappointing because, you know, give credit where credit's due. And I think, you know, I say that because at least with this Warren Lotus thing, having Jeff Staple on board, I I respect that. I, I think like that brings some legitimacy to it for a lot of people. And, you know, for better or worse, I hope that works out for all of them. You know, like I don't need to purchase those shoes. Like, like that's not in the budget for me. I don't think that I would, would, uh, there's other pigeons that I would rather have besides the dunks anyway. So, I mean, it's super dope to see creative people getting after it and doing things. 
and bringing along the, you know, not to pick on Jeff, but the old head that, that made it happen the first time around. And to me, that's the right way to do it. If, if there was a right way to do this whole thing, that to me is, is at least a step in the right direction as opposed to just taking the concept and presenting it as if it's your own and you didn't have any, you know, like, oh, I didn't know that I, I've been making sneakers or, or making custom sneakers for this amount of time. And I never heard of the staple dunk or the pigeon dunk. Like, come on, man. Like, that would be blatant ripoff, right? Yeah. I mean, I think everything, I guess, runs in a, in a, in a cycle. We're going to have this moment again. Then we're going to have the moment where they say the sneaker, sneaker bubble bust when everything we can get on shelves. So we're just going to keep running through the same cycle over and over again. So I guess everyone getting frustrated with this, just sit back and relax because just like everyone got on the, the dunk train again, we're going to go through all this. So sit back, ignore it. If you don't want to see it, uh, enjoy it. If you enjoy it, yeah, whatever. Just, it, just know it's going to pass eventually. No one needs to be getting so angry and just like, it's like, it's like someone stole something from you. It's like, I, look, if you already got the pigeon dunks, are you mad that you spent 20 grand on them and that someone you can get them for 400 or you think that someone's taking the value out of your pair? I don't think that's the case. I mean, I know there are a handful of people who like the extra ex- exclusivity of everything, but it's not the same thing. So just chill out, relax. You'll be all right. And things like this aren't going to touch the value of the real shoe. Same way the Jordan one with the bullet instead of the check mark on the side, like the Chicago colorway, that doesn't touch the Chicago value. It's just something different. I think that's more annoying. So to kind of circle back to Nick bringing up all those Jordan ones, there's at least five different distributors of a fake Jordan one and the heritage and lineage of fake Jordan ones go all the way back to 85. There's been fake Chicago ones since there have been real Chicago ones. So like that has been such, I would just say like a dark part of like sneaker culture. Some people love them. Some people think they're cool, like nostalgia pieces, kind of like, um, like uh, taboo pieces of sneaker history. I go, I have these like 1985, you know, Chinese replica Jordan ones. Like that's honestly a really cool sentence and kind of a cool story. So I I can see why you'd want to have those, but like those are way more frustrating to me because you have a chance to get a bread or a Chicago one or any colorway, the Jordan one, every four years, you got a chance. You haven't had a chance to buy the staple pigeon dunk in this form and anything kind of like it, whether or not it has an official check mark or not, in over 15 years. So it's like, I not only kind of give it a validation pass, I think like we've all kind of agreed for having Jeff on board, but like, it's something you is, can't go to the grocery store and pick up. You can go to StockX right now and just pay over retail on a real pair of Chicago ones, or you could have waited out. And like that, I think like the, the accessibility of the Jordan one versus the pigeon dunk, it like, it kind of changes the conversation. I think a little bit. And I think, but I think too, like, you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're wearing a pair of pigeon dunks and I see you, I'm coming to talk to you and ask you about it. Like if you're wearing this pair, I, 
I don't know. It's cool. Like, I, I think it's dope that you got a pair, but I'm, I don't need to, I don't need to know. Cause it's right now. Right. Like it's, you know, you just had the 400 bucks and you order the shoes. Like that's simple. But you know, like Robbie said, I think that there is something interesting about once that history goes on, you know, uh, it, it changes, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting narrative, right. To have like the original replicas is still interesting, you know, 35 years later, right. Where right now there's going to be a lot of people up in arms about whatever this is. And then 10, 20 years from now, people like assuming Warren keeps, keeps on his grind. People are going to be celebrating this shoe. Like, man, remember when that happened? And that's just the nature of the game. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens. Like, are we going to get, I mean, we already got a lot of them right now, but is it going to start ramping up more, say, within the next year or so? There's going to be more Air Jordans out there, replicas with, you know, different twists on them, or are there going to be more dunks out there while the dunk is hot? Like, what what's what we're going to see? I just want to see uh, the, I don't know, what, 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 what replicas can we get out here? I want to see the most interesting one by the time it's all said and done. Interessante. I mean, I don't even really think we need to talk about sneakers anymore. I just, I just need to know when that, uh, when that RF, uh, you know, bathroom stall door is going to drop. <laughs> Yo, rip off the Roger Federer logo. I mean, it just kind of writes itself at that point. It's like, it's like the senior citizen, uh, like handlebar on the side, like to help you get off the toilet. <laughs> 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 if you want to know what it is, it's that. <laughs> I mean, so let, let, let me just wrap up on this. So we'll pivot away from this specific shoe. The Hender Scheme. Hender Scheme. The Jordan 4. You know what I'm talking about from a couple of years ago? Yep. Yep. Like, I would rock that shoe. And that's literally, I mean, that's even easier to rip off because the Jordan 4 doesn't have a swoosh on the side. Like... And that's another great example, too, because Hinder Scheme made tons of different brands, right? They made tons of different shoes, and, and they eventually got collaborations with Adidas. So, yeah. like, the superstars are actually in a legit collaboration, where the rest of the shoes are not. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them, aren't there? Are there more than just superstars? Yeah, yeah, there's a few Adidas ones. There are a few of them, but yeah, no, that's a... So, I guess the... If they're following that blueprint, just keep pumping them out until a brand calls you to do a collaboration with them because that's kind of the model they set up. So, again, I ain't mad at you. Just keep doing your thing because, hell, it can work out for you then. You're making $1,000 sneakers for Adidas. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, I guess, like, toss it to everybody that's listening. We'd love to know what you guys think about this. Uh, I think I think this is a – a really interesting conversation. I think we could probably go on for a long, long period of time around it, but I personally, you know, I just think do what you do, support the people that support you or the, and the friends that you have that are doing their thing and who cares about the rest. So, um, and before we get out of here, I will say, uh, if you haven't make sure you, take a minute to go register to vote so you can vote and be a part of uh, the whole election process in the next few weeks. Yeah. Got it. What? October 5th is the cutoff date before you can register for uh, this election. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. Do it. Everybody simple. Uh, 
you can only be the gizzo if you vizzo. So there you go. Well, we appreciate everybody rocking with us. My name is Nick Ingvall. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. More importantly, just follow at Sneaker History. And uh, guys, let them know how they can find you. Yep. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. Then on YouTube at Mike Guillory and always on SneakerHistory.com. Robbie. You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. We appreciate y'all, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as 5 bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.